Thanks for tuning in to the Health Scientist Podcast. I'm your host, Richie Kerwin, and today I'm going to be speaking with Daniel Davey. Daniel is a performance nutritionist who works with the Dublin Senior Gaelic Footballers and Leinster Rugby, as well as athletes in other sports including golf, hockey, athletics and cycling. He's also the author of the nutrition recipe book, Eat Up, Raise Your Game. Daniel has an amazing talent for translating nutritional recommendations into real food through cooking, something he regularly showcases on his own Instagram account, at Davy Nutrition. And I really wanted to hear his thoughts on how he works on improving the diet of elite athletes. I learned so much from Daniel in this episode, and he gives some great strategies for anyone who wants to get more into cooking to improve their health. We talk about behavior change, how to get people invested in the process of uh, nutrition, and even some tips for useful ingredients and equipment in the kitchen. I really hope you enjoy this episode and even learn something from it, because I know I certainly did. And if you do, I'd love it if you left a rating or a review on iTunes or whatever podcast app you use. And if you can, please share the podcast on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter. Not only do I massively appreciate it, but it really helps to promote the podcast to more people, which really encourages other guests to come on and speak, which means I can get even more great content out to you. So, on to this conversation with Daniel. Let's talk science. Oh my God. <laughs> That was a nightmare. <laughs> How are you doing? I got to the stage there where I pressed every single button on my phone. Um, anyway, uh, I'm here. It wasn't all a hoax. I wasn't, it was, we had great intentions. Welcome. Thanks for having me. Diane, how are you doing? Good, good, good. As you can see, this is... Um, from the first time that I've done a live, um, not it's even from my personal account, not even from Davy Nutrition, but uh, hopefully the uh, the information will still be will still be the same, of course. Absolutely. Hey, you can start doing lives now from uh, from Davy Nutrition. Okay, just just remember, give the credit to me. Okay, you learned. It yeah, you've taught me something for sure. I'm the one who stressed you out so much that time. <laughs> Funny enough, I actually no, like you said before we came on, I, these things don't stress me out. So it's uh, it's like it's like you said. There's there's enough in life that causes us stress. These type of things certainly don't. Absolutely, and it's a good way to be. Uh, I I need to practice that more myself. Um, so Daniel, uh, let's get get right into it because I know we we've only got a limited amount of time to chat with you, and I have loads of stuff to ask you. But um, just kind of to, to start things off, would you mind telling us a little bit about about who you are and and your background and how you got to where you are today? Uh, sure, and I've, I've heard plenty of these uh, introductions, um, and I always wonder when these introductions are done, what what's relevant? And I suppose, for me, <clears throat> you 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 tend to reflect an awful lot on as you get a little bit older on where your where your values come from, where your philosophy comes from, and you realise that it's a mix of an awful lot of things. So, I'm from a farming background. I from a, a sporting home from a creative home and uh, food and nutrition was always important in our home and I think that's probably really that is important uh, and, and worth saying. Uh, I ultimately if I if I wasn't an athlete myself I wanted to help athletes so when I finished my education um, well I suppose you're always you know you're always learning but when I finished my academic uh, my degree and my master's and things like that. Um, I did some work experience initially uh, in a high performance uh, center in UCD, 
went on and worked in the supplement industry for three and a half years and from there continued to do practical sports nutrition but then went on to apply is the best way of putting it uh, to work in elite sports worked with the Dublin hurlers first and then went on to work with the Dublin footballers and uh, Leinster rugby and that was back at the end of 2012. Right, um, and I suppose one thing that you're incredibly well known for now is is your love of cooking and I was wondering if you could kind of tell us where that love uh, of cooking came from specifically. Uh, it's funny you should say that. I, I, I think I probably enjoy science and, uh, and nutrition information uh, and nutrition science just as much. And, you know, even as time has gone on, I probably enjoy things like leadership and behavior change now as a, as a, as a new interest. But where my real um, fulfillment came from early on working in elite sport came from was through cooking and practical nutrition. And I guess I became known for that because I realized more than anything, if you want to engage people or you want to really have fun and change behavior, then focusing on the skill of food and skill of creating tasty food uh, was something that was really rewarding. And what, what amazed me too was that when you improved that skill, that there was an actual tangible improvement in performance and health. So cooking as a skill, I always enjoyed uh, food. Um, I really, 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 um, I loved uh, developing the tastes and improving my skills. And it's, it's one of those things that even though it's such a simple thing, we do it every day, I'm always trying to get better at it. And as I try and get better and as I learn, I love sharing those little insights. I, I think uh, I, I speak for a lot of people when I say we really appreciate it because you know what what you do on on your Instagram is it's fantastic. Again, I, I I've said it myself, you know, numerous times. You know, if, when I'm scrolling through Instagram and I, I see your stories and I'm like, what what's he going to do tonight? Like you know, what he you've cooked almost everything. What what else is left? And you always manage to come up with something new. Um, and it's great to, to see you putting it out there. Um, I I actually don't. I mean. The thing about it is that an awful lot of the ingredients are the same, but what we need, uh, and I, I read, I, I can't remember the actual quote, but novelty is something that, you know, has always been, novelty, creativity, and innovation is part of our makeup. Um, and I just, I think so much of it is mindset. So the way that I look at everything within nutrition and everything within food is that everything can always be better or everything can always have a different twist. So I think if you approach anything in life um, and the way that's how I approach food, that you'll always come up with new ideas. So it's a good way to, to be. And I think you can apply us to, um, to a lot more than just recipes um, as well. One, one thing with foods in particular is like, obviously, you know, it's not hard to see the relationship between, uh, food and nutrition and health. Um, you know, it, it, it's well established, and, and obviously with cooking as well. But it's not—it's not necessarily the easiest relationship to implement. You know, when it comes to, to cooking and putting things into practice at home in the kitchen. And I was wondering if you might be able to elaborate elaborate on why 
for a lot of people, there seems to be a bit of a disconnect between nutrition and the practically implementing nutrition in a, in cooking at home. Why do you think that might 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 exist? Um, I think you can apply that to every single aspect of well-being and uh, our our healthcare um, and preventative lifestyle interventions it's exactly the same you can apply it to exercise you can apply it to mental health and well-being uh, you can apply it to nutrition and you can apply and apply it to cooking um, and it is always uh, how you look at it and every single person have different priorities different likes dislikes different goals in their lives and they spend their time in very different ways um, and nutrition can be something that we value or we don't value or exercise can be something that we value or we don't value i use the the the, the it's it's different for every single person and you need to understand that from the outset so i always use the analogy around personally uh, as my neck i've got um trouble and issues with my neck and the time when I'm most consistent with my rehab and my prehab is when I've got pain. And if my neck is, is particularly painful or I have a bad night, for the next week or two, I'll be really productive and I'll be proactive with doing the exercises. And I think what we see in society um, is very often quite similar. And we associate it with our weight and we associate it with injury or our illness and when we're in times that we feel like we really need to improve aspects or outcomes uh, where we become more fixated on in, in improving our cooking skills and we do it for a week or two so what i try and do as best i possibly can with cooking is really help people understand why and then always go in at an entry level or at a level that they're interested in. So I'll never ask an athlete who doesn't cook every day uh, to cook a, a meal that's going to take 60 minutes and that has uh, 25 ingredients. But if that athlete can make overnight oats, uh, which takes two minutes and they can do it three times a week consistently uh, for a period of weeks and let's reassess. So, it's it's about not fixating on the outcome, but and and this because this kind of concept of enjoying the process and enjoying the journey has become commonplace language now. But we don't actually really understand, or we don't really communicate well what that process of that journey actually means on an individual level. I, I like I completely agree that like for a lot of people it's it's much easier to to start off with smaller changes and kind of build from those over time um, and that you know what you you mentioned there about having those kind of those process oriented goals where people are focusing on the process rather than on on the outcome of, of what's going to be what's going to happen at the end of it you know like what's going to happen to my if and it's, yeah if we talk in the case of athletes what's going to happen to my performance if I manage to get all of this right. But if you're not so much focused on the outcome, and again, this is very, very specific when we're talking with athletes, how do you get that buy-in with, with athletes and kind of encourage them to, to kind of, to, 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 let's say, dip their toes into, into cooking a bit more? What, what's your, your process around 
encouraging them to do so um, if you're not so much focused on the, that outcome. Well, I guess to be really, really, really straight up about this um, is to go back to that spectrum. And there are certain athletes that uh, will never, ever, ever cook every day. And you have to accept that. Like, I have not changed every athlete that I've come in contact with. That that hasn't happened. Um, I'm, I believe that the majority of athletes that I've worked with, their overall attitude and approach to nutrition is better. But there are athletes who I feel I have helped, um, I, I've, I've changed their behavior and their outlook, or I've helped to change their behavior and outlook towards, towards cooking quite significantly to the point that it has such a knock-on effect on the rest of their behavior throughout the day that they can tangibly see the benefits. And to go back to um, how you help athletes, or, or it's, it's about making it as transparent as possible that what you're eating, you're in control of. And if you can really use that language and help athletes to understand that this isn't as, this is not cooking in the conventional sense. This is not cooking because, you know, uh, our mom cooks for our, our dad or the family. That's, it's not like that. This is a performance component. This is something that you're investing in yourself. You are investing in something that you've control of that can really implement or, or really influence how, how well you feel and then how well you behave and how well you perform and what happens at the weekend. And um, it's no surprise that the athletes that have buy into that the best are in the best physical shape and are most consistent with their energy levels, their ability to recover. Um, I guess to go back to my really, really simple process is to see evidence of of meals over time, see how they improve and to show athletes what that journey looks like from a, a, a plate or a, a, a pot of slop to a really nice curry with rice and uh, a, a, a side of our salad. So um, the, it's, it's just understanding and showing progression. Uh, just out of curiosity, on that kind of like looking at progression, do, do you get your athletes to, to take photographs of the meals that they prepare a lot? Yes. And um, it depends very much on the athlete. Um, and uh, sometimes some of my athletes are so good that uh, they show me up with um, their presentation skills. And they're at a stage now where you know, I can't really enhance their, their cooking skills, but I can help them with their ideas. And I use those athletes as ambassadors for, for cooking and get them, it's almost like that peer learning where they're inspiring other teammates to, to improve their cooking. So I will often ask athletes to share, not to show how good they are, but to create conversation. So everything always evolves. And when that that starts to happen and you've got that engagement between athletes and teammates around food that's when i can sit back and just just go you know my work is really um i don't want to say it's never done but uh that that's a really special kind of moment
I, I think that's the goal of any good teacher is to to get to that point where you know they they've kind of they've done all of the groundwork and laid the foundation for something for like a, a network and a kind of community like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, becomes a, a almost an entity of its own. Um, in in performance nutrition, and I, I don't want to focus too much on performance nutrition because uh, there, there there's so much that I, more that I want to ask you about, but just. In performance nutrition, there's often a tendency to focus very, very much on macronutrients. So, you know, telling athletes, okay, you need this many grams of carbs, you need this much protein, et cetera, et cetera, you know, before a match or whatever. And there's nothing inherently wrong with that at all. But I was wondering, how do you feel about the the, the benefits of a more food-forward approach, the kind of approach that you use yourself? Um, It's a good question. I suppose there's different stages of learning for every single athlete. And what I find really, really, again, fascinating, I've sat down with athletes this year, athletes with five All-Irelands, and they don't have a great grasp of macros at all. And, you know, when I sit down with them, and like they're scratching their head and they're laughing and they're almost embarrassed about how little they know. And they say to me, like, oh, my God, like, I, I'm an idiot, and I and I tell them, no, you're not an idiot at all. What you've been able to do is understand what you need to eat on a training day, on a recovery day, or a non-exercise day, and in preparation for a game in food terms, and that has worked really, really effectively for you. Now we can, if if that's where your interest is bringing us, we can help you understand in more detail what it looks like in those numbers. But if I was to say, um, if I was to have approached that athlete in the early stages with a numbers-based approach, uh, I wouldn't have had the same level of buy-in or the same level of success. So it's about understanding your accountants and your artists and understanding what information is what is information is relevant to each personality type. And I guess uh, to sum it all up, or maybe to summarize it, is that I think if you build in the right type of skills and you build in the right type of relationship with food, I think you will continue to put layer upon layer. I think you'll have a very positive, progressive relationship for sustained behavior change. Like I, I think when athletes, when these particular athletes are not in that performance environment, they're still going to know much have a much better relationship and understanding between what's a good food and what's not appropriate um rather than just having focused on nuts and bolts and uh and it not being as an enjoyable process oh, absolutely i think i think going in a, a, at a level where people are familiar with what you're doing you know you know you, you could go into sit into in with some people you could say say the word carbohydrates and they might look at you funny but if you say um you know a plate of spuds you know it's it's yeah. a, it's a story you know um yeah I one one thing that I really wanted to ask you about is so with with young male elite athletes when when we think about cooking skills um, that particular group doesn't really kind of wouldn't spring to mind when we're thinking about people who have good cooking skills and I know that uh, like a, a lot of my my own followers like I've I've asked questions about it and a lot of people talk about cooking skills as being a major shortcoming. Um, and almost a major barrier for them when it comes to food prep at home and preparing healthier meals. And I was wondering, what do you kind of do yourself with your athletes? What do you focus on 
in helping them to improve those skills because you can go from very, very, very basic levels where, you know, people, you know, they, they might burn water if they're trying to boil an egg. Um, so what, what kind of, what do you focus on initially and how do you kind of build, build those skills up? I think the first thing is that you have to understand with the particular subset of, of population that you're talking about there, the number one element is ego. And ego is something that's very, very easily bruised. And we, um, we're we talking about competitive people uh, who are only seen for doing things incredibly well. So it's about really, like nobody, no, well, I certainly don't know many people who are happy, particularly competitive people who are happy at doing anything shit. And with young athletes in particular, they're quite sensitive to that. So it's first of all about providing an appropriate recipe. Like I, I had, um, uh, this is, I mean, there's a couple of athletes in particular come to mind and I absolutely adore them because of their honesty and what happens over time when you've got honesty. And that's the first point. Can you get an athlete to be really honest? Is it something that they're interested in? If they are interested in, it's really positive reinforcement and encouragement. But are you giving them the right piece of information? So like, let's say, for example, you, you, you talk about an athlete who wants to eat a better breakfast and all he ever eats is white bread or Cocoa Pops. And you say, and he says to you, because it, it needs to be led by them, they say, well, you know, what's Weedabix like so? And you go, well, it's not perfect, but it's definitely better. Right, okay, we'll give that a go. Can I, will I chuck a banana on it? Yeah, like now we're getting places. So if you think about putting Weedabix in a bowl and adding a banana, that's actually quite a big step for some athletes. And it's understanding that, that that's a big win, and then progressing from there. So if you turn around and say a young athlete to a young athlete and they say, well, that bowl of Weedabix is just not going to stand up. You know, you need to be eating birch or muesli or porridge of blueberries and flaxseed. Again, it's you're not going in at the level that they're interested in. But it will, at each stage, each small addition, tweaking, feedback, uh, and, and constantly evolving the, the layer upon layer upon layer. That um, that will bring an athlete to cooking a delicious, you know, noodle dish or chicken curry that 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 you see over time, but it's the it's understanding that it is a it's it's a very it's not that it's a really long process, but to expand people's skills, it takes time and it takes patience. And I know I haven't given you everything there, but there's the right information. There's making sure that, like, let's say, for example, somebody burns a pot. Why did they burn a pot? Talk them, to them about it. Did, did they start at too high of a heat? Did they go, oh, well, I want to cook this quickly, so they went up to the highest heat first. Understand why they burned the pot and talk them through that. And don't, like, don't just, I mean, of course it's a bit of fun. Make, you know, you, you can laugh at it, but then go through it with them. And I think it's those little things and having the patience uh, to to go through those things that really helps athletes. Oh, absolutely. Um, it, it, it and I think it is going to be a, a very very individual thing as well because you know, like I said you'll have some people who'll have very very little experience, and and others who'll have considerably more. Um, 
and and I, I think that'll apply to to their nutrition in general, not just their cooking skills. And that that kind of brings me on to to one thing that I wanted to ask is so when you when you started with um, Leinster rugby and with, with Dublin senior football, what did you see as being some of the common let's say nutrition and this I'm, I'm speaking about this outside of um, cooking alone some of the common nutrition issues that these lads were, were dealing with or some of their kind of nutritional shortcomings um, I think first of all the two environments were very different um, and I suppose we're talking about a long time ago now when we're talking about a very different age and um you know, young athletes coming into either Dublin or Leinster are exposed to a, a, a far different level of information and they're exposed to a very different skill set and knowledge base now when they come into those environments. So it, everything around in the culture and the awareness is, has changed a lot. So it's a very different time. I think one of the things that if I was to look at, let's say, if I was to look at Dublin, for example, and it's probably true to, to, to this day, not in, in Dublin, but in, in athletes in general, is that they still don't really understand how to tailor energy and appropriate nutrients to the days that they're training and what that demand actually looks like in food terms. Like, what does that extra energy demand? How do you tailor your nutrition depending on your, your goal and your activities? So within the rugby environment, it was there was definitely a big supplement culture and there's a major focus on the provision of food to these athletes. So the catering quality, the, um, the social aspect of eating together, you know, there was a lot of like, we go for coffee and scone type of thing. Whereas that, that type of thing has changed. Um, and within the rugby environment, again, there's certainly, uh, I think they didn't invest the kind of time that they should in preparation of their own food. So preparation of food, most definitely in both environments. Uh, I think the other thing is like, nutrition is something that needs to be coached. It really needs to be reinforced on a daily, on a weekly basis. And when you really, when an athlete really understands, wow, nutrition is second only to my training here. That's going to influence my performance. Like there's a, there's a big awareness element. There's a big education element. And I think once they truly, truly understand the power of it, uh, then they realize the scope for how it can really be an asset to them. So there's a couple of components there. It's, it's tweaking it. It's that kind of, being able to adapt their energy and adapt their nutrients depending on their schedule. Like that's, that's a, that's a probably a core thing that uh, a lot of athletes kind of slip on. I suppose then working, working with that and working on that is where you get buy-in as well, because you know, that's, that's how you're, you're, you're translating what you're putting into your body and, and how it's kind of coming out into the results on, on the pitch as well. Um, so, mm -hmm. Again, moving back to food prep, and we kind of touched on this uh, when we were chatting earlier um, about your, you know, your stories and all of the videos that you that you're continuously putting up about food, and um, and you know, you've you've recently uh, uh, released your cookbook, and I just wanted to ask, how has the reception to the cookbook been? Because 
I like from me from an outsider looking in it, it looks like it's been absolutely amazing because you know you, you seem to have people constantly you know uh, tagging you in photos and stuff like that of the the dishes that they prepared um and it, it seems like there's always a new dish up there so um having you know it, it's been a while since the book has been a few months since it's been released how are you feeling about everything and how's the feedback been uh i i think how i feel um and uh my experience of all of that is actually it, it probably has gone on a bit of a journey and i it, it changes over time so initially it was a huge fear um that it wouldn't be seen for I if I guess I'm being really honest about for the amount of um of myself and the amount of thought and energy that went into it I really didn't know if um if people would would see that and there's a couple of different elements to it there's a little bit of me putting my story into it there's my philosophy and food and then there's the recipes but ultimately what I wanted out of doing this book uh, and providing this book was to help people and to help people make better food choices and make it simple for people and while i feel that there's absolutely incredible cookbooks out there and great recipe ideas i still felt that there was an opportunity to simplify it even further with ingredients that are are very freely available so then when i started getting positive feedback um uh i don't use this word uh very often but it was absolutely overwhelming um really 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 overwhelming like uh i was astonished uh with the feedback and t- to a point where i didn't re- i like to the point where i i i i can't believe that the book has been a, a success to the to the extent that it has and i can't believe in particular the people who who message me it isn't uh like i'm getting really positive feedback from athletes but to get the feedback that i have from from moms and dads uh, and young people who are cooking and eating vegetables like that's that's really very fulfilling yeah i i can i can only imagine it's 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 kind of it's easy to get how emotional you feel about it just from speaking with you right now um and i i just want to say congratulations because it's an amazing achievement and you know a huge amount of work must have gone into it and and like you said being able to simplify something that for a lot of people is is a barrier to to better health and 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 i genuinely think that it, it i genuinely think that not having cooking skills or having a fear of cooking or uh not having a kind of a a desire to cook is a barrier to a health for a lot of people and i think mm-hmm. that your book is getting over that and helping people getting over that it it's it's an amazing achievement something you should be um very very proud of um so yeah once again well, yeah i know I, i appreciate that i think we're uh, we're not great in ireland um it's just part of our dna we find it very difficult to to even you know i watch golfers and my golf is my thing now and i'm absolutely amazed when i'm watching golfers saying you know i had a really good day today i'm very proud about the way i played and i'm going like he just said he's proud of himself like we do, we just don't use that type of language um i'm 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 really happy that um 
it's been used as a good resource. Um, that's that. That's what I'm happy about, and uh, that's that. That's great. But I suppose we're very, very quickly trying to move on to the next thing that we can do and we can help people with, and that's where my head is at now. Never stopping, eh? No, no, it doesn't. Um, it doesn't stop. Um, it it continues, and it we continue to get better at educating, and we get better at trying to identify the things that will help people. So those hooks, and that's why I'm moving so much into the uh, behavior change space and why it, it absolutely, absolutely fascinates me. One thing I will say that I probably have I've forgotten um, to say in the earlier stages is that a cooking skill requires a lot of practice. And you don't need to be perfect to know how to cook, but you do need to have an element of, of persistence. Um, so I would have done quite a bit of demonstrations. Uh, I would have done quite a number of cookery classes. I would have put a huge, a huge amount of time into trying to create recipes and pieces of information that made it really simple for people to understand how to, how to cook. But, and I say this every single time I speak, whether it be on a podcast or a presentation, a nutrition presentation, whatever it might be, I always talk about tools and I always talk about what you have in the kitchen. And I, like personally, again, we, we, think, about, um, we think about 50 euros spent on a pan or 50 euros spent on a knife as just a huge amount of money but then we don't realize that that's going to last us for a year or two years and make our life so much easier uh, every single evening in the kitchen. And having good utensils is just fundamental for athletes. I talk about it now. I said, you know, that knife and that chopping board and that pot and that pan and that blender, that's your football boots, that's your water bottle, that's your shorts, that's your ball. You know, that's, that's a part of your equipment to being a good athlete. It's a really, really good way of looking at it. Um, and, and that kind of brings me on to what I wanted to ask, kind of like to kind of tie this up is, so a lot of people and a lot of people who I've spoken with, they they, they genuinely are concerned about their, their cooking skills. And it, it may be them themselves putting it this way, but they, they consider it to be a barrier to, to, to their, you know, their lack of food prep. And I was wondering, what do you think are some of the, kind of essential, um, let's say, skills that people need when it comes to improving their diet and improving their cooking skills and improving what they do in the kitchen. Are there any, let's say, um, skills, you, you mentioned equipment, are there any ingredients that you always have kind of a, like as, as your go-to is like that you start people off with? Uh, I, 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 it sounds really boring, but it's it's... I mean, it's it's absolutely vital that you have some type of process um, and how you look at all of these things. None of it can be built into your lifestyle unless you actually have some type of process. So for me, it's identifying, first of all, what days have you got the flexibility to cook? What days have you the flexibility to do your shopping? And I'm not joking. <laughs> Have you got a shopping bag or are you getting plastic bags every time you go to the to the shops? Do you have um, do you have a way of so I, I shop based on recipes. So I'll say, OK, I'm making these recipes this week. I need these ingredients for these recipes. Now, it's incredibly easy for me to stop at a shop and pick up the recipe ingredients that I need off the top of my head because that's my job. 
But if you don't have that, if you don't have your recipe list, if you don't know what you're buying, then every step, every single element creates a very, very subtle but uh, and small little negative barrier in your mind to the process. So removing all of those little barriers along the way to really, really simplistic planning, macro planning and micro, more micro planning is, is huge. So know what you're buying for, create your shopping list, know where you're going to buy your food, buy efficiently, so uh, what that means is buy ingredients that you know you're going to use so there isn't food wastage. And actually on the food wastage, and geez, we could do a whole thing on this, have a way, uh, a nice management system for your wastage. So like I have the uh, food waste bucket and I have my compostable bags and I have where each plastic goes into which bins. All of that thing is a, is a really, really simple process. In terms of the ingredients, think about it. If you're an athlete, you're going to be thinking about it in terms of your protein, your carbohydrates, your fats, and your flavor and your taste. Now, I overdo the cheese in terms of flavor and taste, but, you know, uh, it's everything from paprika, uh, oregano, salt. And if, you, if you're a beginner, don't complicate it. Have one or two, like, green one brown spice and then have a mixed seasoning something that will work well then cook with rapeseed oil or good olive oil and have those core ingredients always available so the ingredients and the spices when you're have in in the recipe books you don't need them all but having a couple of key ones that you familiar familiarize yourself with is that's that's really important to the success of um of, of you know, for, for your cooking so taking a step back and thinking about your processes and all of those little elements um is huge and i'll add one other layer um i have found and uh, and like i'm not actually just saying this i said it in a story one day and i like burst out laughing at myself and i i couldn't believe i had never cooked from a recipe book until i had my own and I couldn't believe how helpful it was to have a recipe book to go exactly, you know, what, what is it then? It's really, really useful. So having something, even if it's a little diary, uh, I use my social media as my reference as well. And in terms of inspiration, I'll go back and I'll say, what, I, what have I not made in a long time? But if you actually have a, a little journal in your kitchen for little things that you might need or a whiteboard on your fridge, all of that becomes a lot more systematic. There's a lot of stuff in there, but hopefully that answers your question. There, there's a huge amount of stuff in there and, and it's, it's all gold, really. Um, and I suppose just to make like the analogy that you made of, of it being like going out training, for a lot of people, it's the same as going to the gym. You know, if you're going to the gym, you need to know what time you're going to the gym at. You need to know how long you're going to be there for. You need to bring your kit bag with you. You need to bring your pair of shorts unless you like working out new with one or the other. Um, you need to have all of these things ready and in place to facilitate, you know, what you're doing. And the exact same thing happens with, with cooking. Um, so that was, those were some fantastic tips. I think um, another way of putting it, not, not to, sorry, not to cut you off, is that, you know, there's days where you go into the gym and this is part of your mindset. And it's absolutely perfectly, in my, in my world, this is perfectly fine to do. I sometimes do 15-minute gym sessions because that's all I have. 
So I would go in and I'll pick three exercises or four exercises that I know I'm going to do. I might do a push, a pull and a squat and I'm out the door and I feel great for having done that. It's better than not doing anything. And it is exactly the same type of mindset when you come to your food. Don't try and cook a chicken tikka masala if you've got 15 minutes. Cook something that will fit that period of time. But you need to know, you need to think, okay, well, very quickly, what's a 20-minute recipe? What can I actually cook here? Because, again, if you try and cook something and it's gone on for an hour and you're late for whatever else you're doing, it's about fitting the appropriate meal for the appropriate time. Absolutely fantastic way of looking at it. Um, have your system in place and and think about things a little bit better when you're when you're about to do them. Um, Daniel, I, I'm like we we could go on and I would actually love to go on about this um, and go into a lot more depth on it. But I'm very very conscious of your time and you've been very generous with it already. Um, but just before we we finish up, um, would you be able to tell people um, you know if they want to get more information from you, where can where can they find you? What's the best way to follow you? Um, all of that stuff. Yeah, well, it's not uh, uh, Daniel Davy uh, seven. Um, I we we'll we'll do this again, and we we'll make sure it's on my own account. Uh, so, I used to be food flicker. Um, I was walking down the road in in Ranla, and uh, uh, before oh, it's a, it's a, it's a good while ago, maybe six or so months ago, and there was people calling me, "Hey, food flicker!" And like I was like, "I I got it." Like, you know, on one end, that's a positive, but on the other, I'm like, no, I, I, that time is done now. I'm much more than food flicker in the sense that I'm nutrition, not just recipes. So um, my new website should be live next week. Um, I'm unbelievably excited uh, about it and the, the, the tools that it's going to provide. It's going to provide recipes and meal plans and a lot of different really useful tools. So that's going to be davynutrition.com. And it's uh, on Instagram, it's uh, at Davy Nutrition. So that's where you can get me. Fantastic. And I, if, if anybody's not following you already, which to be honest, I don't think they're, they're not, but uh, if anybody's not following Daniel already, get over there. Like, I absolutely love um, looking at his stories at night and looking at the, the photographs. He does go heavy on the cheese. I'm, I'm, I, I'm all in favor of that, to be honest with you. Um, so, uh, Daniel, I just want to say thank you so much for the chat today. Um, like I said, yeah, we enjoyed myself talking about so much um and uh, i just want to say yeah hopefully we'll get to chat again soon and um best of luck with the launch of the website next week thanks very much take care yourself bye bye thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the health scientist podcast i really hope you've enjoyed and maybe even learned something from what we've spoken about today and if you did i'd love it if you could leave a rating or a review on itunes or whatever podcast app you use or maybe even share a link on social media, in your Instagram stories, on Twitter, Facebook, even LinkedIn. It really helps to spread word of the podcast, which means that I can get even more great guests to come on and speak about different topics in health. It really means a huge amount to me personally too. If you ever want to watch one of the podcasts live or ask questions to any of our guests, you can do so by following me on Instagram at be more nutrition. That's at B underscore more underscore nutrition. And I'd love to hear your comments and feedback about the podcast, so please comment on the podcast post or feel free to drop me a message directly. I've received some great suggestions from listeners for podcast guests, so if there's someone you'd like me to speak with, please do let me know. I'll be back soon with another podcast. See you then.